title of the message this morning is Quit Ye Like Men. You can turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 in verse 13 and 14. This morning is Father's Day, and I am trusting that this message will be an encouragement, a motivational message for all fathers, and I believe it's a message that will be uh, applicable to all men, and I believe it will also be applicable to all Christians that are uh, serving the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, we have this verse. It says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit ye like men, be strong, let all things be done with charity. You know, it's a very short verse in verse 13 here that's tucked in at the end of a long first, a letter of 1 Corinthians. Paul had just addressed a lot of problems in 1 Corinthians. It talks about the cliques and the schism the lawsuits, the immorality that was condoned, the wrong motives in the Lord's Supper, wrong motives in the gifts, a lot of correction and, and reproving and rebuking. And uh, then he concludes that the last chapter, in the middle of the last chapter here with this verse that's tucked in here. And uh, it says, watch, stand fast, quit ye like men, be strong. He's saying, grow up. Stop acting like children. Act like men. Be adults. You know, quit ye like men comes from a word, the Greek word. It simply means to act manly. Uh, act manly. You know, the, the King James Version uses the quit ye like men. Or in other versions, will be act like a man. Uh, to make a man of is what it means. Something like to show... To, to show themselves oneself manly, to man up, is really what it means. In the Old Testament, we have the equivalent to this phrase that's given in Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. You know, this is uh, last words from Moses passing on the torch to Joshua. And he says, be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he is that... He it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. So it's the last words here from Moses to Joshua. And it's the same phrase that means be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. The first part of the verse talks about the being strong and courageous. And that's the positive side. And the negative side is don't be afraid. We see that coming together quite often. Now this phrase, quit ye like men, carries with it the idea of masculinity. You know, the opposite is, would be, you know, infeminate or, you know, sissy-like, uh, acting like a woman. You know, today we have, today has come to a place of confusion. Daniel talks about, O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings to our, and our princes and our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. You know, it, this describes the day in which we live, confusion of face. You know, America's where we are today because we have sinned against God. We have taken him out of schools. We have taken him out of uh, creation. They try to teach evolution. You know, he's, they're trying to take any reference of God out of, 
of, of, of God out of, from, out of society. You know, I just saw a girl, must have been a middle school age girl, had a mask that said, Jesus loves me, and got in trouble for it. You know, we're in a place of confusion. Today, you know, the people leave the hospital with a birth certificate that says gender unknown. Confusion in many areas of life. You know, we have reached a day when calling evil good has reached new heights. Darkness as light is permeating every area of our lives. It's promoted. It's being pushed. And what the world needs today is men, fathers and men that will stand up and, be, and quit yourselves like men. Be men. You know, men that are watching, men that are standing fast and strong, not weak. Now, the word quit, we think of it in a negative sense, quitting your school, quitting our job. But Paul is giving reference here to, in the positive sense, uh, it's, a, it's a positive connotation. And to help us understand a little bit, we're going to look at an example in the Old Testament, in, Josh, in 1 Samuel. Now, I'm going to read the verse later. I want to give just a little background in the setting here. This setting here is at a war scene with Israel and Philistine. They're facing one another. And things aren't looking good for Israel. Looks like they're going to lose the battle. And somebody got this bright idea, probably likely Eli's sons, that they're going to take the, the Ark of the Covenant out of the sanctuary and take it out to battle with them. Probably familiar with the story. They're going to take God, drag him out of the sanctuary into battle with them. And they, this is what they did. And uh, just a verse ahead of this, they, you know, they were all pumped up and this, and they were cheering and a loud, a loud uh, cry went down across the valley. And the Philistines heard it and they said, you know, what does this mean? What, what's going on? They were afraid. They were afraid. And this is the words of the Philistine leaders. They said, Hey guys, and in this verse, be strong and quit yourselves like men, O ye Philistines, that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. This is, gives us the idea of courage. Courage. It's connected to being strong. You know, this helps us to understand what this, this phrase means. Quit yourselves like men. The Philistines leader is saying, stop acting scared. Man up. Stop acting like you're losing, even if the situation looks hopeful. We're on the winning side. Why do we act like we're losing, like we don't have a chance? Why do we coward in a corner? You know, a coward is, the, is a person that lacks the courage to do or to endure, through whether it's dangerous or unpleasant things or whatever. And you know, and I think about that sometimes, that's me. I tend to maybe choose the easier path than to take the courage to do what is right. It's manly courage. It's contending with difficulty, facing challenges, meeting the enemy, pressing to the goal, never deviating. Quit ye like men. It's good admonition for all of us, not just the fathers, because we're in a battle. We're in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle. This watch ye, stand fast, quit ye like men, be strong, are all like military terms. It's, in a, it's, a, it's a, uh, a military metaphor here that we're looking at. And we are in the Lord's army. We're told to fight. 
where the Lord tells us, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life. And we're told to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Paul, he's last, he says, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. You know, we're in a fight, we're in a battle. You know, Lucifer from the beginning, he was thrown, since he's thrown out of heaven until he'll be thrown into the lake of fire, he is out to destroy anything that, that's for God. There's a fight, there's a battle, there's a war going on. It's a spiritual battle. Familiar verse, we not wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, the devil is busy, very busy. And here in this verse, we see his, his three agents he uses, and I probably mentioned this before. But he has, he says, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world. That's agent one. He uses the world. The, the, and it says, according to the prince of the power of the devil, the, of, the, of the air. That's the devil himself. The devil himself. And it says, among whom you have our conversations in times past in the lust of the flesh. And there's the last, the flesh, the, the, uh, the having, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So the world is the influence that's out there against God. And then we have the devil himself. And we have the flesh with a fallen nature, our sinful nature, when bombarded on all sides. And the devil is the leader of the whole thing. The Bible tells us that we are to overcome the world. We can be unspotted from the world. We, we can live after the spirit and mortify the things of the flesh. So we're no match for the devil on our own. But in Jesus' name, the devil is rendered power, powerless. powerless. But we have to remember we have a threefold enemy. And he's very busy because his time is short. His time is short. He's out to destroy us. And he'll use whatever tool in his belt that he can use. Satan also uses false prophets. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep clothing, but in inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Uh, we are told to earnestly contend for the faith. Jude talks about the, uh, he wanted to write about the common salvation, but he said it's needful that he, that he, for me to exhort you to earnestly contend for the faith. He was addressing error in the church. And there was false teachers uh, there. There's a lot of false teachers. Peter worried, warned us about false teachers. It says, but there were false teachers among, also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. There was always false teachers, and there's false teachers today. And we're looking at this because we need to be on guard. We need to be watching. And it says, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring the, up themselves swift destruction, and many shall follow their pernicious ways. Many will follow. Many will follow. By reason by whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. So the sad truth is that many are fo will follow, not just a few. Many will. And if we examine the New Testament, we'll see a lot of warning on false teaching, false teachers, the Gnostics teaching, the Judaizers. And so we have to, they're trying, they're all trying to lead people astray. 
So whether it's the world, whether it's the flesh, whether it's false teaching, whether it's the devil, the battle is real. We have a fight to fight. Satan is real and he knows how to fight. He knows how to fight. Look around at the state of the world. Look at the newspaper. Look at the, 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 the news of today. Satan is very effective. And look at the state of the church. Look at the state of the, the Corinthian church. You see, we need to act like men. We need to man up and get into the battle. We have a battle to fight. We have to do battle against the wicked forces that influence the church. Eternal souls are on the line, and we are in a battle. Now, the Bible gives us here, what we're looking at, our text verse says, gives us four commands, four imperatives, actually, to do. It says, watch ye. Stand fast in the faith. Quit ye like men. Be strong. And then we have a qualifier at the end. Let all things be done in love. We're going to go through these five different, uh, four, four commands, and then we're going to have the qualifier. The first one is watch ye. Watch ye. In this battle, we need a watch. We need a watch. We need to, it means to be alert. It means to be vigilant. And as fathers, as men, we need to be alert and be watching. We need to be the gatekeepers. We need to be on guard. One of the strategies in a, uh, in a, in a war is, is to surprise the enemy. When you think about uh, Pearl Harbor, it was bombed on a, what, on a Sunday morning. The least expected. Bombed on a Sunday, Sunday morning. Valley Forge, George Washington attacked on Christmas, least expected. So it's the, uh, to offset this, this element of surprise, Paul gives us a warning to watch, to watch. During a war, a soldier that would, would sleep on duty could be put to death. That's how serious it was. They believed that was very important. A soldier that was caught sleeping on duty was in trouble. What about us in spiritual sense? Isn't it more important to be on duty, not to be sleeping, not to be on alert? It's, you know, it was a serious offense back for, for the uh, soldier to sleep on the job. Now, I'd like to look at Jesus' words in the Garden of Gethsemane. We have a, uh, an account here where they're told to watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the fr flesh is weak. We know the setting. The Garden of Gethsemane, he took Peter, <clears throat> James, and John with him in a little feather. And Peter, that great man, he had a lot of strength, but we also see that he had some weakness. At times, he was very weak. So Jesus takes Peter, James, and John in a little feather, and he tells them to watch and pray. And then he comes back, and what does he find him? He finds him asleep. And then Jesus tells him again, the second time, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he comes back the second time, and he's, they're sleeping. Instead of the admonition to watch and pray, here they are sleeping. And Jesus said, at the verse here, it says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. And that temptation came for Peter just probably hours later. I'm not sure how long later. 
you know, it says that he, he followed Jesus afar off, and then he denied him. He denied him. He was sleeping at the post. And instead of watching, he falls into temptation and he denies our Lord three times. You know, Satan is always looking for ways to destroy us. And it's needful to watch, to be watchful, be alert, constantly vigilant and awake. You know, watching and prayer go together. Jesus said it here, watch and pray that you not, in, not enter into temptation. There's another verse in Ephesians. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching. Thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So we see there's a connection between the watching and the prayer. Or we could say, how do we watch? We can be watching by praying. There's a connection. There's other verses we could look at. But we're told to be watchful in your prayers. And when we're praying, there's an aspect of watching that's going on. So we don't fall into temptation. We need to watch so we don't fall into temptation. We need to, to uh, watch because Satan is, is about as a roaring lion. Your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We need to be watching. You know, Satan, uh, the, the, the Satan is described here as a lion. Lion is in the cat family, right? What do cats do? They take time. They'll stand, they'll sit there motionless, waiting for that perfect moment to pounce on their prey. I mean, I watched them, uh, cat, we have a lot of cats around, and, and they, they like to get the squirrels, and you can watch them. You know, they'll sit there for long periods of time, and just at that moment, they're right there when they need to be. And we need to be watching because Satan is as a roaring lion. He's out to destroy out to destroy. He's also as an angel of light. Angel of light. We need to be watching for heresy. We need to be watching for false teachers. We need to be watching for false teaching. We need to be alert and watching, not sleeping, not just giving a blind eye. Satan is very effective and he just, he knows how to fight. But we are to watch. We are to be alert. We're not to be caught off guard. And also, we are to watch for the Lord's return. I believe it's very soon. May we be found watching and waiting for the Lord's return. But we need to, till then, we need to watch because we're in a battle. We're fighting. The battle is, is, is raging. We're in war. So we need to be watching. Second one is standing fast. Standing fast in the faith. Now, standing fast, if we're going to continue our military metaphor here, it simply means to keep in rank and unity. Standing fast, keeping in rank and unity. You know, the enemy is trying to destroy, to divide, to break that rank. He wants to divide. You know, Satan wants to break ranks. He wants to break the front lines. He wants to cause division. And he's good at it. Husband and wives, driving wedges. Children and parents, driving wedges. Driving wedges in ministry teams, driving wedges. That's Satan. He wants to drive wedges. 
And it can be over the smallest things, but unity is so important. This is teaching us that we need to keep rank. Unity is very, very important. Jesus talks about, in John 17, I don't have that up here, John 17, that you would be one. The whole chapter is Jesus' heart, that you could be one, that you would be unified. And Jesus talks in Matthew 18 about the strength in unity. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they, may, that they ask, it shall be done of them and my Father which is in heaven. You know, to, this speaks of strength in unity. To be, to be in battle, we need to be unified. Can you imagine a battle, going to battle on the front line and arguing and bickering? It won't work. There need to be unity. You need to... Keep, to keep in rank and unity, stand fast. You know, it speaks of camaraderie, camaraderie. We're in this together. We're in this together. To stand, standing fast. You know, when you see someone standing fast in their place, what does it do? It encourages me to stand fast in my place. You know, when I see someone faithful at their post, whatever their post is, it encourages me to be faithful in my post. You know, if I'm a faithful father, that might encourage somebody else to be a faithful father. We're in this together. We're in this together. Standing fast. Standing fast in the faith. You know, it literally means to hold the line. To hold the line. Standing fast in the faith. Standing fast in the Lord. You know, we find that phrase quite often in the New Testament, standing fast in the Lord, standing fast. First uh, Corinthians 15, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain. Here's another way of saying about standing fast and being unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's what it means to... Uh, you know, just holding on to the faith, holding on to the faith. And I believe Jude talks about that. That you earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. We need to be settled in our faith. We need to be settled in it. We can't be blown around by every wind of doctrine. And I believe that the, James talks about it. Ephesians talks about it. That, you, that, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of, my, slate, slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive. James talks about the being, not being blown around by every wind of doctrine. And there's a lot of doctrine out there with social media. Social media had give, has given the ability to advance. You know, there, there's a lot of good with it. But it has the potential for a, a lot of negative, a lot of false, a lot of uh, doctrine is floating around. And we need to be careful. We need to know what we believe. We need to watch out for false heresies and their teachers. And we need to stand fast in the faith that has the idea of being mature, being stable, to know what we believe, study and know the word of God. Being able to detect error and the courage then to do something about it. Quit ye like men. Quit ye like men. You know, standing fast has the idea of no compromise. No compromise.
is standing fast is being obedient to the word of God at any cost. To be confident in the promises of God in any conflict or confrontation. You know, sometimes we have a decision in front of us. And it's going to be either an easy, an easy uh, wrong or a hard right. When I say, think about uh, an easy wrong or a hard right, think about Daniel. Daniel was uh, there to, and they put the king's food there in front of him. And Daniel had a choice. The easy thing for him would have been to do is just to eat the food. He could have, he could have rationed, he could have uh, justified himself, well, we're here against our will. I mean, this isn't going to affect anybody else. Uh, actually, maybe nobody will even find it out. And nobody will know it. But no, he didn't choose that easy, uh, easy wrong. He, cho he chose the hard right. He says, I will not eat the king's food. He said he was at the place of no compromise. No compromise. Standing fast has the aspect of no compromise. No compromise. You know, nothing is less of a man than compromise. And you know, weakness or fear. Giving in to pressure. But there's nothing more of a man than no compromise. Standing fast in the faith. Standing true to the Lord. You know, we sing the song about Daniel, st true, uh, standing true. <clears throat> you know, now we're not talking about standing for our own opinions. We're talking about standing fast in the faith. Standing up for what's right. Standing fast in the Lord. Then we get to the next admonition here. And it's quit ye like men. We talked about that some already. But it has the aspect of courage. So we're talking about the, uh, the watching and the standing fast, and now it has the aspect of courage. And it simply is to render oneself manly and brave, to act like men. New, new, the NIV says to be men of courage. It has the aspect of courage. True manliness is found in the word courage. Be courageous and strong. Do not fear. You know, we're, uh, we're going to stand fast with courage. You know, we're not going to have the fear of man. We'll have the fear of God. We can't be intimidated. You know, we're going to stand with the word of God, whether the world likes it or not. We're going to preach it, whether the world likes it or not. You know, we have lots of examples of uh, uh, those in the Stephen and Paul. They, you know, they, they, they were not intimidated. They preached it whether they liked it or not. Jesus did the same thing. Preaching will offend. The, uh, you know, if we water it down, it probably won't be as offensive. But we need to be men of courage. Courage. And it also has the aspect of maturity. This, this quit you like men has the aspect of uh, maturity. You know, acting like men, not acting like children. Not acting like children. There's a verse that's found there in the end of 1 Corinthians 13. It says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Did you ever wonder about that verse? Right after the 1 Corinthians love chapter, right in the middle of it. You know, it's talking about maturity. You know, a child lacks maturity. 
character is not developed. You know, uh, patience is not developed. What does a child say when it says a spake as a child? You know, how long do we get there? Are we soon there yet? Patience isn't developed. I spake as a child. You know, and I understood of a as a child the uh, it's selfishness is, is, is still alive. A lot of self there. You know, they, they, uh, self is alive. He, you know, they say, he, he started it. He started it. It was his fault. You know, I'm not going to say I'm sorry. It's a lack of maturity. It's, it's childish. It's, not, it's lacking maturity. We mature and put away childish things. We can, uh, you know, it's interesting that this verse is tucked in here, but I believe that selfishness, self-centeredness is the opposite of love. When you think about the love chapter and coming to this verse, you know, self-centeredness is the opposite of love, the opposite. So we need to become men. We need to be mature. This has the aspect of maturity. Jesus said at one place, what shall I liken men of this generation? I liken them unto children. Paul said to the Corinthians earlier, you know, don't be as children, but be as men. I couldn't speak unto you as men, but as babes. So too many times we have, we have people that act like children. She didn't say hi to me or whatever. But when I become a man, I put away childish things. We are to mature from childish ways of speaking and childish ways of thinking and understanding. And following our military illustration here, it suggests the church as an army. It should act like an army. You know, we need to be united like an army. We need to, and in order for that to happen, we need to be mature. Maturity is, you know, in our churches, do we have the personal discipline and maturity that an army would need? If we're acting like children, that's going to affect our confidence going into battle. We can't, we, we need to be mature. That's, it's not manning up. There's, there's not enough of men quitting themselves like men. We need to act like men. Now, then it, the last one here is be strong. Now, if you ask that this word means to be strengthened, to be strengthened, you ask the world, what does it mean to be strong? And what for answer would you get? Muscles, bench pressing. But Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. It's, uh, it's not the physical muscles he's talking about. He's talking about strength. Strength. This, uh, this be strong is in the passive tense. It means to be strengthened. There's a strength outside of ourselves. The Bible talks about Christ, our hope in you, or let it be, let this be up upon you. It's a, there's, a, there's a strength outside of ourselves. In Ephesians, it says that he would grant you according to his riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And this word strengthen that's bolded there is the same Greek word as be strong, be strengthened. So we really can't be courageous without strength to be courageous. 
you know, we need, you need strength to go along with the courage. Stre courage and strength go hand in hand. You know, if you, if, you, if you have the phrase, if you have the strength with no courage, what value does it give you? And the Bible often, you'll see this together, be strong and courageous. It's often found together. So it takes strength to stand up for truth without compromise. We need to, be, we need to realize that our strength comes from the Lord, comes from the Lord. And we find that in Ephesians. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the, the wiles of the devil. So our strength is coming, comes from the Lord. It's from him. It's not in our own strength, but it's his strength that we're talking about. So how can we be strong? One of the ways is by putting on the armor of God, putting on the whole armor of God. You know, first we recognize that strength is from him, but we have to put on his armor. And we will, that's one of the ways that we can get this kind of strength. And another way is by reading and meditating God's word. And I'd like to look at, in Joshua, this is a, uh, how do we get this kind of strength? It's what we're talking about. Now, this is God speaking to Joshua. And we're going to read these verses. And then we're going to look at uh, the, the importance of, of, of reading and meditating on God's word to get to be strong. God speaking to Joshua says, here shall not any man be able to stand against before thee in all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. It's God talking to Joshua. He's just ready to take the torch. He says, for unto you, for unto this people shall thou divide an inheritance, the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Next verse. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate on therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then shall thou me, make thy way prosperous, and then shall thou have good success. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Now, how do we get this kind of strength? From this book of the law. How can we be courageous and strong? How can we stand fast without compromising? Verse 8 says, this book of the law, read it, meditate on it. Then at verse 8, it says, then your way will be prosperous. Then, then you have good success. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? It's a powerful exhortation from God to Joshua. You can be strong and Courageous because, and we'll go back up here, <clears throat> because I will be with you. God will be with, he's saying he will be with you. And verse 6 talks about the, he's fulfilling a divine cause from God. So only way you can do this is to submit to the word of God 
So it's constantly in your mind and you can live out its truths and you will be able to be obedient if we, if we are saturated by the word of God and empowered by the, the spirit of God. You know, this is God speaking to Joshua, but is he saying anything less to you and I? Is he saying anything less to you and I? He says the same thing. Can you see why this speech is repeated in the Old Testament and repeated so many times? And this is how we quit ourselves like men. This exhortation to be strong and courageous. It's a, uh, a, a God speaking to Joshua if we, if, by meditating in the word of God and we can uh, be successful in, in, in the battle that we're in. You know, there's another thing that's interesting here is that this exhortation to be strong and courageous sort of assumes that there's going to be challenges, that, there's, that your manliness is going to be tested, and that you're going to have to be strong. You know, convictions are what we stand for, and they're only real convictions if they're tried, if they hold up under pressure. And this, or in, this exhortation implies that our manliness will be tested. You know, another way to be strong is by exercising our muscles. And familiar verse in Hebrews, strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, even those who are by reason of use have their ex senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So another way is, is, uh, is by exercising our gifts. You know, you're going to the gym, you're going to get strong going to build up some muscles, right? You stay on the couch and be a couch potato, you probably won't get more muscles. Um, but we can get stronger if we work out spiritually, the same way it works out. You know, do what is in front of you, teaching Sunday school. It's going to exercise. You're going to get stronger. You're going to, uh, you know, the guy in the bench press, he started out with what he could do. And, and then he builds up and we start with what we're able to do and what is before us. And it's a way that we can get stronger. So this is the mark of a man. <clears throat> this is the mark of a man. A man that's watching, the mark of a father. A man that is, a father that is watching. A father that is standing fast, courageous, and strong. Uh, a man with, this describes a man with fortitude, right? Moving forward. But you know this, it's interesting that he gives this qualifier. This qualifier in verse 13, uh, verse 14 says, let all things be done in love. All things be done in love. You know, <clears throat> you know in, in the verse prior, the, there's four commands, four statements. And they're all saying the same thing in one way or another. How we can be strong and how we can move forward with fortitude. But he balances it with verse 14. says, let all things be done in love. All things be done in love. You know, without love, we are nothing. We are nothing. 1 Corinthians 13, very familiar verse. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am becoming a sounding brass or a tingling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that it can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. 
And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Think about it. Faith to remove mountains. Or if you sell all your property and give your money to the refugees. Or even if you die at the stake. Without love, it counts for nothing. Nothing. You think it would count for something. But the Bible says nothing. Nothing. You know, true manliness, we're talking about being a true man with fortitude. It doesn't, ex it doesn't exclude the tenderness and the gentleness. You know, you need the perfect blend of the two. You need that courage. You need that strength. You need that fortitude. But it has to be with love. And then it'll come out right. Very important. We need to be this kind of a father. We need to be this kind of a man that's on watch, that has an uncompromising convictions and endurance, that has courage to do what needs to be done, and is strong and has the fortitude to, it's going forward. But we can't forget the qualifier. We can't forget the qualifier, and that is the agape love. This fortitude needs to be balanced with love. You know, there's nothing more manly than a father with conviction and courage and endurance who displays love. That's a man. He's not weak. He's not compromising. He's not fearful. But he's loving. He's loving. So this morning, you know, all fathers, all men, all Christians, I believe every one of us, we have to remember we're in a battle. Eternal souls are on the line. Satan wants our children. And Paul is instructing us here. Quit yourselves like men and fight. Quit yourselves like men and fight. Keep your eyes open for danger. Keep your eyes open for spiritual danger. Stay true to the Lord. Act like men. Be strong. And whatever you do, do it with love. Let's stand together for a word of prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and love. We thank you for that small verse that Paul, that you have, you have uh, led Paul to put there in the latter part of 1 Corinthians. Father, help us to be true men, true fathers. To be, to be watching, to be standing fast, to be men of courage, to be strong, and to be loving. Father, I thank you for each father here. I thank you for each man, each Christian. Father, help us to, be, to take the battle seriously and know that we're in a raging war. And Satan knows his time is short, but help us to be unified together, standing on the front lines and uh, helping, out, helping each other along that we can be with you. Help us to be watching for your return. Lord, we thank you for the, uh, the privilege of being together this morning, and I pray a blessing on each one as we leave this place. We pray for safety. In Jesus' worthy name, amen.